We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to be with you today on the show. AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio. Our website is AFR.net. AFR.net is the website. Also, we have an app out there available for you, American Family Radio app available for you to use. Go to the App Store, just type in AFR on the App Store, and you can download the app. It's free. And we are live streaming the video on Facebook, on the Core's Facebook page. We got banned from YouTube again. No surprise there. I think this is strike number two. Big on, two. Big two. Yeah, on on, on um, YouTube. So, uh, so sad. I might might cry that we can't stream on YouTube. <laughs> Tongue-in-cheek, tongue-in-cheek. Um, we are building out our own live streaming option on our video platform, so that should be available in the coming months. So the days of relying on third-party platforms to live stream our video is soon coming to an end. Uh, so we'll announce that when we are ready to in the coming months. So be on the lookout for that. We have our share coming up in April, about a month out is our spring share So that's where we come along and ask our supporters, ask our listeners to financially support the ministry here. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. Jumping into our show for the day, we're in Psalm chapter 13. Psalm chapter 13. Let's pull it up here. All right, we're continuing our... Um, Our study in Psalm, chapter 13, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So verse 5, David says, But I have put, I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. So encouragement for us this week that we put our trust in God's steadfast love. Uh, jumping right into the show for today, brought in several uh, some clips for today. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is what's going on uh, in Chicago. This story we talked about several months ago, but those of you probably remember, many of you probably remember, the actor, Jesse Smollett, staging his own fake hate crime in uh, in Chicago in uh, the deep 
uh, in, in, in deep winter there in Chicago, oh, about a year ago. And the we've seen this before, though. We've seen this before. We've seen people stage their own crimes, stage crimes against themselves. Then they go out, and the media, the media just swoops in, and and gives wall to wall coverage to alleged crimes against people. And as it turns out, half of these incidents end up being fake. They're a hoax, and this case was no different. So Jesse Smollett claimed to the police that two men attacked him in downtown Chicago late at night. I think it was like in the single digits, if not lower than that, in Chicago. But Smollett claimed he was going to get a Subway sandwich, and he was attacked by people who shouted obscenities at him, and said, this is MAGA country, (laughs) and then threw a noose around his neck and beat him up, roughed him up a little bit, and then ran off. And he also claimed that they squirted bleach on him. Well, as it turns out, none of that was true. None of that was true. The actor actually paid two men to, um, to run the hoax, to run the fake crime against Jesse Smollett. Well, he was he was outed, he was his plan was foiled and he ended up being charged. And he was con- not only convicted but sentenced this past week to a whopping 150 days in jail. I was kind of surprised at this. 30 months probation by the judge. It probably didn't help that the entire time the trial was going on, the actor was still in denial that 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 it was all a hoax. He was still trying to act like it was a legit crime against him when we all know it was fake. It was a hoax. So the judge had some some choice words for the actor, and these are all appropriate for Christian radio, so I'm going to read them. The judge said, as part of the sentencing hearing, (laughs) the judge said, this is, let's see if I got the judge's name. Um, The judge's name, uh, Judge Lynn, L-I-N-N. Judge Lynn is is the name of the judge. And he said, you're just a charlatan talking to Smollett, pretending to be a victim of a hate crime, Judge James Lynn said to Smollett. He goes on to say, your very name has become an adverb for lying. (laughs) Your performance on the witness stand can only be described as pure perjury. You're very, uh, you are now a permanently convicted felon. There is nothing that I can do here today that will come close to the damage you've already done to your own life. You turned your life upside down by your misconduct and shenanigans. Judge Lynn said. Uh, judge Lynn uh, said he went on to say the judge this is that Smollett's quote hypocrisy is astounding, and that he must have really craved attention. And he goes on to conclude, I believe that you did damage to real hate crime victims. Amen. Isn't that true? 
The judge said the officer asked you a simple question and then you started, uh, then you start to lie and haven't stopped lying since. You've been lying and lying and lying about this case, and that's why you're here today. All righty. Well, there you have it. That's some uh, words for Jesse Smollett, who's going to jail for 150 days and 30 months probation. Well, that's what happens when you stage a fake crime and then lie about it and then continue to lie about it and continue to lie about it. So good, good for the justice system there. Good for the judge and good for the jury there in uh, Chicago. And th- this is this is why uh, the media isn't trusted in large. The media profession is largely not trusted because they peddle stories that they themselves can't even verify. I mean, how many times have have has the media had to backtrack and issue a correction on stories? They do it all the time. This is not a one-off. This is not a rare occurrence. Remember the Russia hoax? Russia, 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 Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump colluding. It was all a lie, and the Clinton team knew it was a lie. They knew it was a hoax, but instead, we had to have an entire special counsel to investigate the hoax, only to publish a report some two years later after they spent tens of millions of dollars going after Donald Trump as president. They published a report that said, There's no evidence that Donald J. Trump colluded with the Russians to win the election. We all knew that from the get-go, but we had to still hire a special counsel, Robert Mueller, an Obama guy, a Bush guy, a Clinton guy, to run uh, the special counsel, spend tens of millions of dollars on an answer that we already knew. We already knew the answer to a question we already knew the answer to. Uh, So, um, and I could go down the list and probably for an hour about stories that ended up being, that, that were pushed out there and ended up being fake. On and on and on, uh, we could go down the list of, uh, remember Hands Up, Don't Shoot? I think that was Ferguson, Missouri. Hands Up, Don't Shoot. Hands Up, Don't Shoot. They claimed that the, that the fellow who was shot, that was fatally shot by law enforcement, I think it was Michael Brown, they claimed that he, he was... He had his hands up and said, don't shoot to the officer. Well, the media ran with that. They, they punted that out there. They peddled it over and over and over again. And Michael Brown's friend was at these protests and was saying the same thing. As it turns out, after a thorough investigation, there was no evidence that Michael Brown, number one, had his hands up, but number two said, don't shoot. It was a lie. But they peddled it, they peddled it, they peddled it to where it's almost like it's it's set in stone. This happened. Well, no, it didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. So maybe the media should do their homework before they start peddling false stories. How about that for a change? That might actually be refreshing. Well, a story where there is still uh, questions about is this story that was released last week about these biomedical labs in uh, Ukraine. So there was a story published about uh, some some health labs in Ukraine. This was out of this is out of Reuters. This is dated March 11th, a couple of days ago. 
The World Health Organization advised Ukraine to destroy high-threat pathogens housed in the country's public health laboratories to prevent, quote, any potential spills, end quote, that would spread disease amongst the population, the agency toward Reuters. So that's, this is coming out of WHO. This uh, story goes on to say, like many other countries, Ukraine has public health laboratories researching how to mitigate the threats of dangerous diseases affecting both animals and humans, including most recently COVID-19. Its labs have, this is important, folks. Its labs have received support from the United States, from the European Union and the WHO. So, okay, the U.S. is not only running bat labs in Wuhan, China, we're running bat labs in Ukraine. Interesting. Where our tax dollars go? Why, one question I have for the government, why do we have to meddle around with viruses so much? Like, I get it. We, we've got to study them and kind of know how they work. It's, it's science, but... Why don't we have to have labs all over the world meddling with with deadly viruses? Like, why can't one or two labs be enough? No, we've got labs all over the world, and they're touching stuff that is extremely deadly. And why in Ukraine? Why in Wuhan, China? Why can't the labs in America be enough? No, we got to have labs, and we got to have them everywhere, and they've all got to have very deadly viruses in them. Interesting. Well... The White House came out, and we'll play a clip after the break, but the White House and the State Department and the Department of Defense, they all came out and said, no, 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 uh, uh, there's no, no, uh, the U.S. isn't running any biolabs in Ukraine. Absolutely, we are not touching uh, biological agents in Ukraine. We have nothing to do with it. We don't even know what y'all are talking about. Everything in Ukraine is being run by the Ukrainian government, and the U.S. is absolutely not a part of that. Really? Okay, interesting. Because uh, one of your ambassadors, and we'll pull up her name after the break, said the opposite. Yeah, we're running biolabs in Ukraine. We're funding it. We got Department of Defense. We got Pentagon employees over there running these biolabs. So you got mixed signals coming from the U.S. about what these labs are doing in Ukraine and whether they're at risk of being exposed and leaked from during this war with Russia. So we will bring you the truth after the break. We'll foil the lies and the falsehoods, and we'll bring you the truth, not from us, but from CBS. We'll play a CBS clip admitting that the labs are there and they are U.S. funded. We'll talk more about this after the break. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to a recent study published by the Christian Post, 76.3% of all abortions are obtained by, quote, God-fearing women, unquote, with 68.7% who identified themselves as Christian women and 18% of all abortions obtained by self-described born-again or evangelical women. A corresponding CareNet study found that many women with unplanned pregnancies go silently from the church pew to the abortion clinic convinced the church would gossip rather than help. America's greatest need is repentance. When the hearts of the American people turn to God, everything else will be impacted. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, 
public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For those raised in a tradition of biblical prayer, you have probably said these words thousands of times, but have you ever considered the power behind them? Revelation 4 tells us that there are created beings in heaven who continuously praise God crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Wherever you are right now, if you utter these words, you are offering the same worship that is happening in heaven right now. As you model a life of worship before your girl, consider the divine power of speaking God's own words back to him. What a heavenly impact you will have over your girl's life and the world around you. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Aria is suffering for the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Aria lives in the Middle East in a radical Muslim family. She accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a weekly Bible study and eventually received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She took her Bible study booklet home, hiding it in her room before her mother found it and gave it to her father. He beat young Aria nearly to death and called the officials to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they assaulted her and the Christian friend and eventually let them go. Now, these two women, they didn't grow bitter. They grew bold, and together they've seen hundreds come to Christ in the Middle East where it's nearly impossible to get a Bible. And that's why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleist believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20 every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. AFA at the Core podcasts are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Well, we have two Biden administration officials who have said two quite different things. We have uh, the lady's name I was talking about earlier before the break. Victoria Newland, uh, Victoria Newland is she works with the State Department. And there was a, a Senate hearing the other day. She is Victoria Newland is Under Secretary of State for Political Affairs at the Department of State. She was questioned by Senator Marco Rubio of Florida. Does Ukraine have chemical or biological we- uh, weapons? Victoria Newland said. Ukraine has biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of Russian forces should they approach. All right, so that's the State Department at a Senate hearing. Then you have this story that Bobby sent me. You have a uh, U.S. U.N. ambassador, Linda Thomas-Greenfield. And she claims that that there are no, that the U.N. was not aware of any biological or chemical programs in Ukraine. All right. So either the Secretary of State, uh, I'm sorry, the Department of State official, Victoria Newland, 
either she's lying and she or, or she doesn't know what she's talking about, or or this UN ambassador and the UN, they're not in the loop. They're not in the know about what's going on in Ukraine. One of the two, well, I hate to break it to Miss Greenfield, but it's likely that she either is being misleading or she doesn't know what she's talking about because there are multiple, multiple sources that say there are biological research facilities in Ukraine. I just mentioned the Reuters story I got right here that says there are biological research facilities in Ukraine. This story from Reuters even goes as far to say that the labs have received support from the United States. Well, the back and forth, the back and forth. Let's play clip four. This is a CBS report about, yes, not only are there biological labs, research labs in Ukraine, but the U.S. has been helping it all along. Clip four, let's listen. Russia, though, is willing to use munitions that have been banned under international law. We know that. We heard President Biden warn about chemical weapons use. Are we seeing movement of those kind of weapons into Ukraine? A Pentagon official I talked to this morning said there is no movement of chemical weapons into Ukraine. At least they're not seeing the, the signs of it. The concern is that the Russians will seize one of these um, biomedical research facilities that Ukraine has where they do research on deadly pathogens like botulism and anthrax, seize one of those facilities, weaponize the pathogen, and then blame it on Ukraine and the U.S. because the U.S. has been providing support for some of the research being done in those facilities. But it appears the Ukrainians have gotten most of those pathogens destroyed. All right. So there, there are biological research labs in Ukraine. There are not biological research labs in Ukraine. The U.S., is supporting the labs in Ukraine. The U.S. is not supporting the labs in Ukraine. I think we know the answer now. The answer is, yes, there are biological research facilities in Ukraine that are dealing with very deadly pathogens. That's the first established fact. Number two, the U.S. is clearly supporting in some form or fashion these labs. And that's according to Reuters, and that's according to the CBS report I just played. The reason this is important is because what happens if these labs are taken over by the Russians or taken over by somebody else and the pathogens are incidentally are intentionally released into the Ukrainian population or another population? And once again, the question has to be, what on earth is the U.S. doing supporting, in whatever way, biological research labs in Ukraine? Just like we have to ask the question, what on earth is America doing funding biological research on bats in Wuhan, China? I mean, our government has gotten so big that the left hand doesn't even know what the right hand is doing. And that's probably why you have the contradicting statements from the UN ambassador and the State Department and so on and so forth, because they really don't know. Many of them probably don't know what we're doing in Ukraine, which is why you have the mixed answers.
Uh, moving on to a few other stories. I came across this uh, this Newsweek report. This goes back to June 2021, so a little while ago. But, you know, I've talked extensively about the, the, the farce that is the the whole electric vehicle or the EVs, as they say, the whole farce about how that's a morally superior choice of of commuting and transportation compared to uh, uh, gasoline or diesel burning uh, vehicles. So I came across this story out of California. This goes back to the summer in California. And, you know, they, they have a hard time keeping their power grid up and running uh, during extreme heat there in California. But the the California Independent System Operator, which is basically the, the, the entity that runs the entire power grid in California, they send out these flex alerts, which provide guidance to consumers, to residents in California, about best energy usage practices during peak usage, such as during heat and uh, high heat, high temperature times during the summer. Well, they put out an alert that uh, said this, now is the perfect time to do a load of laundry. Remember to use major appliances, charge cars, and devices before the flex alert begins at 6 p.m. today. Why is this newsworthy? Because they're telling people when they, when they should and when they shouldn't charge their electric vehicle. And I think that's what we'll get to is they say, you know, everybody needs to drive electric. And the white, the Biden administration says, well, the solution to high gas prices is just buy an electric vehicle. You know, I mean, everybody's got $70,000. Just throw it down on an electric vehicle. I mean, people are fretting about paying for groceries, and this is no joke. People are fretting about whether they can afford their commute to work because gas is like four or five bucks a gallon. And people are concerned. They're anxious about whether they can pay for their groceries. We're talking dollars here. We're not talking thousands and millions. We're talking dollars. And the Biden administration has enough arrogance to tell Americans that are concerned about this stuff to just buy an electric vehicle as if it's easy as that, as if it is as simple as that. So we all moved to electric vehicles, and now they're telling us when we can charge them and when we can't charge them. You see where this is going here? This is going down the path of more government control, more government interference, and more government regulation. And if you don't comply, you're going to be considered a domestic terrorist. Just ask Mayorkas. Yeah, because you're damaging the planet, Bobby, and you're causing people to die. (laughs) <laughs> it's eco-terrorism. <laughs> Ooh, well put. The This is where we're going, folks. And, and this is why I'm not jumping up and down to jump on the green train and the Green New Deal. I'm actually starkly opposed to it because of what they're wanting to use it for. Because of what they're wanting to use it for. And as I've said, if, if somebody wants to buy an electric vehicle, go for it. I know people that own them. I might own an electric vehicle one day. Ford and GMC, they're making some pretty cool ones. But this is not a moral decision. This is not a moral case. And furthermore, if we grant any form of legitimacy into the whole climate change hoax, 
then you are ceding ground for government to step in and tell you how much you can drive every day. This is where we're going, folks. And when you when you put all these electric vehicles online, I mean literally online on the internet, because you you got these five G you got five G going on, you got driverless cars, you've got the entertainment system coming in. I mean, this is where this is going. Then 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 all it takes is a state agency saying, you know what? Um, the, the, these these electric vehicles they are they are eating up our power grid, and this is critical infrastructure. And we've got to regulate how much each household can charge their electric vehicle every day. Well, you know what that does? That tells you how far you can drive. You know, you can get a half charge tonight. You get a half charge and then you're done. Uh, and we'll, we'll control it for you. Don't worry. We will remote into your vehicle and set a limit on how uh, the threshold of your batteries. And we'll put you at a half charge tonight. Look, that'll get you to work in the grocery store. And you're saving the planet. So don't worry. We'll take care of it. That's where this is going. I bet you a million bucks that's where this is going. And so in five years, when you read about California passing a law that regulates how far your vehicle can go, then uh, you can come back and pay me a million dollars, Bobby. Bobby's, <laughs> Bobby's going to pay me a million dollars. <laughs> no, I'm right with you, brother. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get in on that deal because that's, that's good premonition right there. So this is where this is going. So anyway, that story's from June 2021. So... So buy your electric vehicle to save the planet, but you can't charge it too much. You can't charge it too much. Um, and and I, and I read a report the other day. Somebody sent uh, maybe this, maybe something Bobby sent, or I saw it on Twitter. But somebody was uh, commenting about how they they own a electric vehicle, and they were either going on vacation, they were going somewhere, a pretty long commute. But she said it took her two hours to charge her car. And and some of these charging stations are. I wouldn't say they're in the middle of nowhere, but they're they're kind of off the beaten path, maybe, you know, within a mile or half a mile of walking distance of, of a grocery store or a mall or something. And what do you do for two hours? And you say, well, let's let's move our emergency responders, our first responders over to uh, to electric. And what happens when the ambulance runs out of battery? Somebody said you can't bring a you can't bring a, a a tank, a little five-gallon tank of lithium-ion batteries to give it a boost like you can gas or diesel. It's a little pony cell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just bring a little little jump pack. That'll get it a mile to the yeah, gas station. a little station. Flintstones pack right there. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're just not there from a large-scale EV standpoint. And and no matter what, this should not be um, a government thing. I mean, the government has no business in this. This is a private, this is a consumer decision. If people want to buy battery-operated appliances and vehicles, go for it. That's fine. Um, but we don't need to lean into it like this is the end-all, be-all. And if we don't move to it in five years, the whole planet's going to burn because that is a complete hoax. <laughs> that is a complete hoax. But that's what they're basing this off of. Well, Speaking about the arrogance and the the Biden administration telling us that we just need to all buy an electric vehicle if we can't afford gas, the um, there there's an actor by the name of George Takei, T A K E I, and listen to his tweet he put out. I mean, this is this is super woke stuff right here. 
He said this. He said, Americans, we can endure higher gas prices for food. And we can, I'm sorry, we can endure higher prices for food and gas if it means putting the screws to Putin. Consider it a patriotic donation in the fight for freedom over tyranny. How noble. How noble. America going into another endless war for decades and decades. And, and American taxpayers, we can just eat the cost because it's about democracy and it's about national security. How blind. How arrogant. Well, the vice president isn't much better, Kamala Harris. She was doing a press conference the other day, and she was questioned by a reporter. How long do you expect these gas prices to be so high, vice president? Well, listen to clip two. This is her answer. If I can ask you, Madam Vice President, President Biden has said that Americans will feel some pain for the sake of defending freedom and liberty, but there does seem to be no end game in sight. How long should Americans expect how long should we be bracing for this really sort of historic inflation and some unprecedented gas prices? Sure. In terms of uh, the discussions that the president, Johannes, and I had, uh, they ranged in subject, including the issue of the Black Sea, and I'll let him explain in more detail as he would like. Uh, but. We are, again, fully aware and apprised because we are in constant communication with the President, with his administration here, about the concerns that they have about the entire region and, frankly, the vulnerability. All you have to do is look at the map. Look at the map, folks. Wait, what? You know, <laughs> the Black Sea. Look at the map. And the price of tea in China is what? <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, have you ever seen anything like this? this the lack of preparedness. Unbelievable. She must binge watch Netflix on the way to these trips. She's not getting any help from her staffers, I can tell you that. This they're, is a, They're not showing her at all where the obstacles are. No, the, the number of times that she has been questioned about something that should be a very softball. Indeed political answer she waffles and she oozes and she ahs and she says just look at the map <laughs> the only thing missing in that clip was the uh the crickets during that uh awkward pause, pause yeah. when she looked at the other the minister of another country and said uh, I, I guess i'll take this one yes <laughs> you will take this question <laughs> it was directed to because you? it was a reporter asking about u.s fuel prices you are the vice president i guess you will take the question Folks, we are being led. We are being led by sheep that are not on the up and up. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming. 
our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA streaming is now available. Learn more at afa.net. How do we change a nation? One heart at a time. The Ministry of Preborn not only shares heartbeats, but shares hearts by loving women in crisis and leading them to Christ. When this mother came to a preborn center, she was scared and not sure she could afford another child. It was just a scary time for us, having my daughter, how that would impact our lives. When I came here, it was just so amazing to come to an environment where someone would actually pray for me and guide me through my battles that I was facing during that time. After receiving love, support, and the gospel of Christ, this mom chose life for her daughter. You can be a part of rescuing lives and changing hearts for Christ. For $140, sponsor five ultrasounds and you'll receive a story and pictures of babies' lives that were spared. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby or go to preborn.com. Your gift is tax deductible. Here's Dr. Al Mohler from the American Family Studios documentary, The God Who Speaks. I think one of the most interesting realizations from reading the Gospels is that this was a question. Can the authority of Christ be pitted against the authority of scriptures? That, that was a question that was present in the Gospels and to which Jesus decisively answered, most importantly in the Sermon on the Mount, where he made very clear, not one jot, not one tittle of, of the word will pass away until all is fulfilled. Do not think, he said, that I have come to abolish the law, but rather to fulfill it. So it's really interesting if we ask that question, well, here's Christ himself saying, I didn't come to, uh, to in any way subvert the scripture, I came to fulfill the scripture. I came in order that the scriptures may be fulfilled. Visit thegodwhospeaks.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. You know, you 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 and I get a get a kick out of, and, and a lot of the stuff's really not funny stuff. But you gotta you gotta laugh because what else are you gonna do? Cry? But we have leaders in America, not just the White House folks. This includes Congress as well that either don't know what's going on or they don't care about what's going on or both. Because as Bobby made, uh, the point that Bobby made during the break is, look, the vice president has a hours-long flight over to Europe to meet with, with whichever foreign minister she's meeting with. And, and a question as simple as, when will U.S. gas prices, when can U.S consumers expect fuel prices to go down i mean even if you're gonna lie about it at least answer it <laughs> at least answer it and lie about it and say you know it's gonna go down next month even though it's probably not or say you know we really don't know we're just not sure when it's gonna go down we're not sure when this conflict is gonna come to an end well then comes a question why don't you cut on the spigot in the u.s why don't you turn on the oil spigot in the u.s well we can't do that because of climate change but we can pay Saudi Arabia and Venezuela and Iran to pump our oil, but we can't do it ourselves because climate change. That makes a lot of sense. But 
But my point is, you, you wonder what our adversaries are thinking. You wonder what our adversaries are thinking. I mean, look at everybody's going after Vladimir Putin, big bad Putin. Look at our leaders. I mean, we can't even answer simple questions on the world stage. How much better are we? How much better off is America? And you've got China looking at this. I mean, why, what's keeping China from moving on Taiwan tomorrow? If I were in their shoes, I would. What's the U.S. going to do? Sanction China? Let me know how that works out for us. As we rely on China very very heavily for critical supply chains. What's Iran thinking? We're trying to, the Biden administration is trying to restart the Iran deal. Why would Iran sign any deal with America that limits its capabilities at all? I wouldn't. If I were Iran, I would just continue developing nuclear weapons and I wouldn't even talk to the U.S., I wouldn't even talk to the U.S. Then we had the other day, we had Iran firing missiles into Iraq near the U.S. consulate. And there's conflicting reports. Were they aiming for the U.S. consulate? Were they not? Were they aiming for another site? Who knows at this point? But the fact that Iran has the audacity, the confidence to fire missiles into Iraq even near the U.S. consulate, consulate shows where America is on the world stage. Shows America, uh, shows the world and us where America is on the world stage. We need strong leaders. We need to stop relying on our enemies. And that's how you break free from a lot of this. Doesn't solve every problem, uh, but we we our, our leaders have put us in a position where we are heavily reliant on our enemies. And so we are not in a strong position to negotiate. Uh, jumping back to some of the other topics for today, I came across this report a couple of weeks ago, but just hadn't brought it in yet. This is out of uh, Germany. Listen to this report. Large German health insurance company analyzed data from 10.9 million insured individuals regarding vaccination complications. And here's their response. Here's their report. Here's their summary. This is according to a large German health insurance agency. Quote, according to our calculations, we consider 400,000 visits to the doctor by our policyholders because of vaccination complications to be, a re to be realistic to this day. So that's their estimate based on the insurance filings from uh, consumers. Extrapolated to the total population, this value would be more than 3 million, says a board member for this insurance company, according to WELT, that's a news outlet over there in Germany, in German. And the, uh, the data is, quote, an alarming signal, according to this board member for this uh, German health insurance agency. Um, so... This is, this is interesting, and we've been covering some of the adverse reactions here on the show. We've been covering the data. We've actually had people on here who have firsthand accounts of having adverse reactions. And so it's not beyond belief that these adverse events are happening, that they're happening at a pretty large scale, 
uh, compared to previous vaccination efforts. Uh, to prove this point or to further this point, I've got a clip here. This is this is the Pfizer CEO admitting in this interview, I'm going to play the clip here, uh, that this whole mRNA technology is kind of new to us. That's according to the Pfizer CEO, clip three. Let's listen. I want to get a little into the weeds here and the mRNA technology. When you and you and your, your colleagues were trying to decide which route to go down, the traditional vaccine route or the mRNA route, you, you write that um, it was, quote, most counterintuitive to go the mRNA route, and yet you went that route. Explain why. It was counterintuitive because... Pfizer was mastering, or let's say we had very good experience and expertise with the multiple technologies that could uh, give a vaccine. Adenoviruses, that some of the other vaccines are. We, we were very good in doing that. Protein vaccines, we were very good in doing that, and plus many other technologies. mRNA was the technology that we had less experience, only two years working on this. And actually, mRNA was a technology that never delivered a single product until that day, not vaccine, not any other medicine. So it was very counterintuitive. And I was surprised when they suggested to me that this is the way to go. And I questioned it and I asked them to justify, how can you say something like that? But they came and they were very, very convinced that this is the right way to go. They felt that the two years of work on mRNA since 2018, together with BioNTech, to uh, develop a flu vaccine, made them believe that the technology is mature and we are at the cusp of delivering a product. So they convinced me. I follow my instinct that they know what they are saying. They're very good. And we made this very difficult decision at that time. Folks, we're not talking about, we're not talking about the latest bike. We're not, we're not even talking about the latest smartphone. We're not talking about, you know, the latest tire company, although that has to deal with consumer safety as well. We're not talking about, you know, the latest baseball glove on the market. And, you know, we really haven't tried this technology, but we're going to give it a shot. If it works, it works. If not, no big deal. We're talking about chemicals that are being injected into the bodies of millions of people, hundreds of millions of people. And it's being done, and it has been done, with, with a heavy hand, with a price to pay if you do not comply. We saw thousands of people fired or laid off because they didn't want to inject this chemical into their body. And here we have the Pfizer CEO admitting that mRNA technology wasn't their specialty. Quote, it had never delivered a single product. Pfizer had only been looking into mRNA for two years since 2018, according to the CEO. But he said some people convinced us that mRNA was the way to go, and he said basically... You know, I didn't know one way or the other, but their, their, their argument was very convincing. And so we went with it. 
So this is a new technology, not new to science, but new to rolling out in mass quantities. And people are surprised that they're having adverse reactions. This is why you study vaccines for 5, 10, 15 years before you even roll it out to the market. What I wonder is when is President Trump going to apologize and admit that rushing through these shots was a terrible idea? When is Dr. Fauci going to admit that rushing through these shots was a terrible idea? When is Dr. Redfield from the CDC, former CDC director, when is he going to admit that? When are the, the, the FDA chiefs under Donald Trump going to admit that? And it's one thing to say, hey, let's rush this research. Let's rush the clinical trials. But then to say, let's rush it to market. And not, not only let's rush it to market, but let's tell people, if you don't take this, then you're killing people. If you don't take this, then you're fired. That was, that was about three steps too far. But they did it, and we're starting to learn the effects of it. So the German uh, health insurance, a German health in insurance agency or company, says, according to our calculations, we consider 400,000 visits to the doctor by our policyholders because of vaccination complications to be realistic to this day extrapolated that to the total population, and that's including people who are not insured by this agency. This value would be more than $3 million, says the uh, board member for the German health agency, or health insurance company. And people say, well, you know, uh, th there are always adverse reactions expected with vaccines. Oh, really? So that's just status quo, business as usual. We should accept that people can die and be disabled because of shots that are supposed to save lives? That's status quo? We should accept that? No. Only people talk so nonchalant about it, those who haven't been affected. But when you talk to people that I've talked to, such as Michael from South Carolina or North Carolina and other people into the tens of thousands that have been personally affected by these shots and not in a good way, it's not so easy just to overlook it and say, well, you know, risk versus reward. Oh, really? Risk versus reward? You lose your job and you can't put food on the table for your kids if you don't take this shot and then you have an adverse reaction and it's, oh, well, it was your choice. No, it wasn't. These people were coerced to take the shot. Not to mention, during the entire emergency use authorization phase, Guess what was in the disclaimer booklet? Nothing. You know, you typically open a medicine prescription or whatever, and, you know, you got about three pages of disclaimers, and here's what this thing, here's what this medication can cause. I mean, look at, the, look at, the, uh, look at an Advil container. Look at all the, the warnings on it. Well, the, these emergency use authorization shots had none of that. Why? Because we didn't know yet. You can't put legal disclaimers on stuff that hasn't even been researched, that hasn't even been concluded, that hasn't even been fully approved by the FDA. So none of that was on there. Blank pamphlet. 
because we just don't know. But we're going to tell people that if you don't get this, then you're fired and you're a terrible human being. And that was the stigma that was pushed by tons and tons of people and everybody in the media. And it was a very immoral, sick, and wicked thing to do. And now they're offering it to kids. Now they're offering it to perfectly healthy kids and college students and telling them that you can't come to class unless you get this experimental uh, shot. I sure hope that this is not a sign of things to come and that we do not accept this as a uh, status quo. Uh, moving on to a couple other stories. I found this, uh, this George Barna research. We've talked about uh, Barna's research here before, but here's a report that I uh, found in christianpost.com this morning. A prominent evangelical researcher has warned that the lack of a biblical worldview among parents and preteens puts youth at a, quote, spiritual disadvantage. This is coming from the George Barna-led Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. Uh, they released this first their first report of its American Worldview Inventory 2022 on Tuesday. Or they will release this tomorrow. They'll, they'll fully release the entire report tomorrow. And the, the report analyzed the, quote, worldview dilemma of American parents. Uh, this report was based on a survey of 600 American parents with children younger than 13, and it was conducted in January of 2022. Here's the, here's the result. While 67% of parents with children younger than 13 identified as Christians, just 2% of those surveyed subscribe to a biblical worldview as defined by the researchers. According to the report, a biblical worldview <clears throat> emerges from the accepting the Bible as a relevant and authoritative guide for life. So here's what I want to leave you with today. Yes, we should be concerned about our public schools. Yes, we, we should be concerned about our government. Yes, we should be very concerned about our local church and our diligence. But we should be most concerned about making sure that we are living as consistent Christians and that we are teaching our children how to have a biblical understanding of life. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.